porn deep voice on this one. We've <laughs> <laughs> already had some good chat, lads. So let's keep this rolling. Kev Toonan. Hey. What a pleasure, bro. It is. I know this is going to be a savage episode. <laughs> Are we on? Yeah. 100%? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. gone through, the, it's gone through the computer. Not we were that. talking about it before. <laughs> I'd hate to do this one and then get to the end and go, we fucking lost it. Mate, we ha- we've I'm had just some looking at the green bars going up and down. That yeah. looks good to me. We've <laughs> had some technical difficulties this morning, but we've it's been sorted. We're not plugged in, into anything at all. We're just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nice man, thanks for joining us. Mate, my pleasure. Been my a pleasure. been a while in the making. I've been yeah. back and forth trying to organise this through COVID and everything. But the man's a busy man. Well, yeah, us and we live in different states, which makes it difficult. Um, but yeah, and you know what? I, I, podcasting is so much nicer in person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That um, you can. There's nothing worse than that break up and that you're doing it over Zoom or something. Yeah, it just sounds like crap, and you don't get a real sense of people. I don't think. No. So, as Sel said, you're a busy man, but mm. you've just added more to your plate. Mm. So, why don't you give our, our audience sort of a little insight into to what you do? <laughs> um, so, uh, I, I'm with 98 Training, which is, uh, we have our own app. So, um, we have a couple of gyms as well. We have one in Bondi and one in Darlinghurst. Um, so, I do all the programming, um, build the content um for the for the app and for the gyms um um, i upskill all their coaches and when we bring new coach on i'll I'll do that as well um and then i got uh i got asked by the coach of the city roosters trent uh last year to come on board as the the head of strength for the um for the city roosters so i've been doing that as well um which is uh, yeah it just you know it's it's the, the the best one of the best jobs I've ever done. That's um, cool. Yeah, so it's a, it's sort of tested everything that I thought I knew, um, and uh, it just gives me like I get schooled every single day. It's nice to go back into a place where I'm the dumbest bloke in the room because <laughs> um, I've got really great coaches around me. You know, I've got um, the head of performance, which is uh, Travis Tumor, uh, extremely smart guy, very very good. We get on really well. I'm very lucky. Um, you know, Trent is. Know, extremely diligent, smart, uh, honest, brutal, which is great. Um, and the other, you know, system coaches are excellent. So, and we've got, you know, sports scientists, we've got statisticians. So, um, for the first couple of weeks, I did a lot of Googling outside of me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I can definitely say... Just um, nodded. That <laughs> <laughs> What's that word? Uh, Quickly uh, noted yeah. down. Yeah. Oh, man. The Roosters program um, for... Forever in a day has been one of the toughest, toughest programs in, I think, in sports within a, within Australia. I remember coming down as a 17-year-old, being thrown into that and just dying a <laughs> slow death over two weeks, just <laughs> not really understanding what was going on. And then also finding out that you come to a place, you think, I'm an athletic kid and yeah. what's the worst that's going to happen? And you find out the worst that's going to happen is your soul is snatched yeah. quickly. Very and then quickly. add Kev to that mix. I couldn't even imagine <laughs> it. I couldn't even imagine it now. So if I'm 35, that was 18 years ago. Man, it's, it's nuts. So yeah, there, yeah pre-season is something, you know, I'm, I'm in, I enjoy the physical stuff. I enjoy getting to um, mould a program based in around everything else. And it's something that's different for me than, you know, so we've got weights, wrestle, speed work, you know, and we're looking at developing capacity on, you know, anaerobic capacity, anaerobic power, aerobic power capacity, and, and we're trying to fit all this stuff in. We're trying to work around 
guys that are 34, 35, guys that are 17, 18, yep. um, skill sets, um, and we just you, you throw that into a pre-season. Um, we ended up in the, um, a camp uh, towards the end in Mullumbimby, and which is a great part of the world. Um, lots of armpit hair. And, and, and <laughs> I'd smell weed for a week. <laughs> um, yeah, and we ended up on this, the, the boys did this like contact session and it was like, I've never seen something so impressive. Like we were, we were just, we were like halfway and they were just like defending their line, which is, you know, what the Roosters are known for, for yeah. their defence. And I could just hear the body contact and I, you know, we're all standing there and just going, this is fucking insane. Yeah. And they were just, you hear this like meat on meat just going, <laughs> and um and they thought it was over and then we, we hit him with a, another conditioning session and I was getting to like, you know, do fireman carries and body drags and right at the end, like uh, Hargraves was just screaming at me, which is, fuck, that's the scariest thing. <laughs> you know, he's like, fuck you. <laughs> Go back to the fucking army. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah they d- just weapons. And then um, you take these guys like, you know, past what they think they can do. And just before they break, you stop, give them a couple of days, a week rest, and then go again and kick again. And and we had to do that this year because of the rule changes. You know, the six yep. again and, you know, whatever else the NRL is going to roll out whenever they feel like it. <laughs> um, I'm unbiased here. But um, <laughs> the six again sped the sped the game up. Yep. You, know, the, you know, we analyse the metres per minute. Um, we analyse, you know, how many collisions, you know, we looked at, you know, where we were last year and the game increases every year as well, the game speed. So we had to look at where we wanted to be yep. you know, to play finals. That's what we want to do. You know, that's the only reason we, you know, as you know, mate, yep. it's it's not to do in the top eight, it's not to be in the top four, it's to, just to win because there's no, you know, what's the, what's the point otherwise? Yep. Yeah. Tell people a bit about your process into building this stuff out because I know, um, I just know the difficulty in programming for such a large group of people you obviously had a background in it from the military which i want you to go into as well but also i feel 98 you probably downplayed the size and the capacity of like when people think about the roosters it's very well known but equally i think people when they hear about 98 and then they see these jacked weapons that roll around there um and the people that have come out of that gym from everyday people to some very high-profile people. It's a gym that became well-renowned Australia-wide as the gym for performance, which is really, really cool. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. tell people about 98 and then how that has led to, obviously, um, what you're doing now. So, I guess the the idea behind 98, um, for me and for Chris, we were thinking about, like, what we'd lacked... Um, you know, like Chris leaving professional sport and then me leaving, um, you know, the, like the army and, and like a, a tier one organisation, it's sort of, you, you miss that, um, I don't know, you miss that, that savage fight that happens every yep. day, you know, like physically, mentally, you miss those boys around you, yep. you miss like having to, you know, walk into a room and be like, all right, it's on here and I'm, yep. I'm scared, you know, and I like that feeling. So, um, and I'm, I also hated the idea that, you know, People weren't going to be prepared properly. Yeah, like my entire entire military career, I guess I had to find stuff out the hard way. You know, I'm like, oh, my my back hurts, uh, or my shins hurt, or my knees hurt, or my shoulder hurts. You know, what am I going to do? Because you know, early on, the military just sort of went like, oh, that's because you're weak. That's what that is. <laughs> yeah, 
And you, and you bought into it. You're like, oh, okay, I'll have to get stronger. And if you miss, you know, if in if you th- if you run running too slow or not lifting enough or not, you know, not the the strongest guy there, instead of thinking like, oh, maybe I need to take a rest, the idea was like, no, no, you need to pour more volume into your body somehow. So you know, we just did things like the completely wrong way. Not because of I don't think anyone's fault. It's just like we didn't know what we didn't know. Um, so I've always wanted to know why. I don't like the like. You know, if someone tells me something, I'll, I'll listen, but I want to make sure I understand it. Um, yeah, so performance-wise, I wanted to put together a program that people could, um, you know, it would work. You know, there's a reason, like, if someone asked me, why is this in here? Like, I, I could explain why. I didn't want it just to throw shit at a wall and whatever stuck was what we took. Um, so I worked backwards from what I thought was a perfect week. Um, I also wanted to make sure that, you know, we created a community that was a big thing for us. It was like we missed, you know, really at its core, we missed the community of what we used to belong to. Yep. Um, you know, guys, girls, we wanted people that were like-minded. That was it. Um, I mean, the gym started with like 25 members. Yeah. Yeah. I remember it around those times where it was yeah. a private exclusive gym. Yeah. Yeah. And it used to be like, you know, if, if you managed to somehow stumble across it, you'd ring up and say like, oh, I want to I want to join. And Chris would be like, okay, come down. And he'd have a workout with you, and he was like, "Oh, I like this bloke," or "Nah, you know that was yeah. it." Um, and then it went to fifty, uh, and then it went to a hundred, and then it just it grew, and and eventually um, we you know we just re- we thought like, okay, it doesn't really matter how much you lift, how fast you run, or whatever it is, as long as you give your best, and that's all we want, yep. and and a, and a safe place to fail. I think that's really important to mention. You know, you're not going to have your best day every day, um, but you want to make sure that you're surrounded by good people that you know support you, but want to bring the best out of you as well. Mm-hmm. So the, the idea for me is like I want you to, I want people to walk in there, get butterflies, but because they're excited about the effort they're about to to, bet, to put in, and they're responsible to put that effort in because it means everyone else is going to be bringing the same. Really cool. Um, yeah. So the we've been very very lucky that you know the gym um does really well but the gym does well because of the people mm-hmm. um i think i think the people would do well regardless of whatever i wrote on um up on their on the board for them but um yeah so it's a performance based program I, I think it's um and we like we run it like a, a strength and conditioning facility you yeah. know there's a structured warm up there's a structured session um i spend a lot of time making sure the coaches have a have a template to follow because i want everyone i think Coaching is the is the number one thing that makes a difference. Mm-hmm. You know, if like I, I want people to get proper feedback, I don't want I fucking hate cheerleading. Um, you know, I hate this like yeah, baby, fucking get it, send it, whatever. <laughs> like <laughs> send it, yeah, full sends, you know that sort of stuff. I don't know what that means. Um, I'm probably showing my age as well. You know, um, it's probably got something to do with a hashtag. <laughs> but you know, I, I want I want proper. Um, I want proper feedback. You know, I want someone to hear something and I want it to be said in a way that they understand and they leave the class or they leave the session and they're like, shit, I just learned something there. Yep. You know, there, there's a time for cheerleading, um, but that's when, you know, and you're just saying stuff to give someone like a little bit of an edge to keep moving. But um, personally, I, I don't you know, I, I don't like it. And I don't think it works. You know, like if you're squatting bad, someone just going like, fucking get it. You're like, well, Get what? You know, <laughs> where is it? You know, did you send it before I got it or whatever? Um, so was, yeah. was there a moment with 98 Riley? Because as you sort of stated, it was like you and Chris were like, 
fuck, we've just come from this savage environment. We've just been integrated back into the real world and we're like, this yeah. is just soft. We can't deal with this. So I need to create this, you know, this this yeah. environment where we, we yeah. feel feel I like created your own utopia. Yeah, I think we started doing it just by accident, you know. Yeah. Look, I'm you know, Chris is way, way nicer than me. That's, <laughs> I'm gonna put that out there very quickly. Um, he refers to me as Guinness. He's like, you either like it or you don't. Um, so, yeah, he, like, um, yeah, hands down, he's way nicer than me. Um, I think anyone who's ever met me would agree. <laughs> is, was there a moment though um, where you, you and Chris looked at each other and were like, "Fuck this." We're actually building a, a, an amazing culture here. We're building a massive brand, and people are understand. People are wanting. They're calling. They're walking past. Yeah. They're wanting to come and join the club. Where it's like, we should actually focus on the business side of this and <laughs> and reduce our savageness to let average people in. Or like, what was that? What was I, that? I don't process? think we. Um, <laughs> see, the culture's never been written down. Yeah, I think that's really important. I think. You know, I, I wouldn't want to see the culture written on on a bit of paper or on a wall anywhere because I think, you know, culture you feel. Yeah. You know, like you, know, you should spend you know a week in the place and you should pick up on the culture. Yeah, you know, that's that for me. That that's what a good culture is. Um, and so as opposed to looking on a you know on a wall and saying you know like yeah respect this to do like that's telling people your culture. Yeah, you know, it should I, I like the idea of you feel like you walk in and you're like. Oh, this is different. Yeah, you know? and and you've been to places like that, and that's that's sort of what we wanted. The business side of things, we sort of you know we went you know, it just was pushed upon us. You know, when people started asking about the program, hey, can you send me what you were doing today? And I was like, you know, I'm taking screenshots. Yeah. Um, and then it just kept getting a little bit you know more frequent, and then we were like, oh fuck, we'll just we'll just put a website together we'll just make so much money this will be so easy yeah. um you know three years later we're like this is really tough um <laughs> because you know we had no idea about google adwords or like any of that stuff yeah. um so we put it up on a like a word wordpress yeah that's what it was it started wordpress and then we like i think the last time before we we transitioned over to the app we had something like 36 like different little plugins to our wordpress um, but the idea, like, I just wanted to test it. So, like, I, I just want people. First off, I didn't want an app because I wanted people to w- have to work to find the information because that's how it was for me. Yeah. Like, I want people to like log in. I want people to have to search. I want people to work for it. And if they don't want to work for it, they're, they're not our people. Yeah. Um, and you know, I always thought, you know, like, I'd rather be surrounded by like three good people as opposed to thirty average people. That was it. And if there's none of those people, I'm happy by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know that mentality sort of come after like 20 years of being surrounded by you know a good dense population of humans um and how did i learn about that well i i I wasn't born you know with this mentality it was sort of shown so we we took a backward step we're like well how do people know how to act or how do people know how to train or or, you know immerse themselves in a culture if they don't know anything about it Mm. like it's maybe our job to you know lead them down a path yeah i'm I'm glad you brought culture back up because i wanted to to swing back around with that um in terms of sort of your position with the roosters have you been able to inject your own sort of culture into that team or oh that, have you that, had an influence that in culture is team? solid it's yeah. great yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's yeah trent is he's the master at it i mean i've like you've uh, everyone's heard about nrl um and how some of these boys act or whatever it is you know i can honestly say you could walk into that club today you know go down the bottom at the reception area 
every single one of those boys will walk past you, give you a handshake, ask who you are, like ask your name and how you, how your day is, and say like great to meet you and walk on. Mm-hmm. So the Trent's first thing is like hey, he doesn't he, he cares about winning, but he's recruiting good men. That's what he wants to recruit. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. So like my you know, I guess my job there is to make sure I uphold my part in the culture that culture is solid really really solid and the boys do such a good job there that's um yeah i don't think anyone we have you know different clubs coming through all the time i meet different players individually uh i've never seen or or felt such um a solid culture as well like really good men which is you know you know aggressive you know like brutal in, in their like their execution of things but all they want is to make sure that they're brutal enough to to stand up next to their, their to their mates, you know, wearing that jersey and to being a rooster, playing their style of, of football yeah. makes like that's what makes them who they are. Tell us how you've managed to navigate all these teams. So you've come from a military background. Basically, you're living what I view as my idea of a dream, where you just, <laughs> <laughs> where you just keep cruising around with all these awesome people and. Yeah like savage dude so you've gone from obviously you had your school and then you've gone into the military yeah then you've gone from the military into 98 yeah. built another massive awesome community there and then you also kept that community but also get to hang yeah. out with and train with the roosters yeah i, I think i've like reversed engineer the best job yeah yeah by accident <laughs> by complete accident um yeah i, I guess through, through like i was very very fortunate with like uh, my time in the military in the last like decade I got to spend some like you know really good time um, so I spent time with uh, SASR uh, 2 Commando uh, the Special Forces Training Centre and then from there um, when I left I just managed to you know uh, walk into like sort of programming stuff for some of the rugby guys yep. so I got uh, Owen and Ben Franks um, and then off of that, because of what Owen was doing on the field, I then got um, some like Australian rugby players, and I just started getting more and more sort of guys come through the via that way. Um, I ended up, I think I had like this, uh, about eight or nine in the end, just before uh, I started with the Roosters, and that like that to me that was the, the best. That was I was like, oh, this can't get any better. You know, I've got uh, I get to touch into like elite athletes. I get to, you know, play around with 98 and, you know, I was like, well, this is great. If I can keep doing this, this would be awesome. Uh, And then a little part of me was like, well, it'd be nice to have, like, just all elite athletes. That might be nice. Um, But then I was a big, you know, I was like, you know what, professional sport's probably not for me, Um, you know, because I I don't want to take care of just one one type of person. Um, And then uh, COVID hit. And so all the international people who used to come and do training camps at 98 and hang out, that was all gone. So that was, you know, I was sort of left with just, you know, 98 all over again. And I really missed, you know, having something to sink my teeth into, like a a proper goal for someone. Uh, And then Trent um, asked me, uh, actually gave me, like I I was taking, doing some work with them on and off. Uh, in the preseason with some injured players, um, then he asked, you know, hey, would you like to come on a little bit more permanent or do more work for us? And I was like, yeah, if you want to, I've got some more hours in the day, I could yeah. probably do one or two yeah. more people. And he was like, oh, I was thinking more of a permanent basis where you know you could be like head of strength for the, for the roosters, <laughs> you know. And I was like, oh yeah, 
<laughs> Sounds all right. Fit yeah, it in yeah, somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And you know, anyone who knows Trent, it's um, you just don't say no. Um, not because he's scary, um, but because you're like, fuck, what an honor. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's just not every single day that like I think the best, you know, rugby league coach knocks on your door and, and asks, you know, do you want to work with me? Um, and he's very respectful. He really wants you to, to become better. Mm-hmm. He pushes you every single day, um, you know, regardless of how long this ride lasts. Um, you know, I could leave today and I'm ten times better for it. What yeah. I think is really interesting is, like, you've got a position right now as the head of strength for an NRL team that so many young up-and-coming S&C experts would, would want to have, right? That would be a dream job. Yeah. What... What, what's interesting about it is it's been your 20-year military career where you also looked after performance of, of the military there and I'd love to, for you to go into that. You then built your own established, you know, SN, highly focused S&C gym there and we're creating waves all around the country and, and obviously outside the country as well. And that's what allowed you to be asked for the role as opposed to, you know, a lot of these people are yeah. expecting to, you know, be able to get these roles yeah uh, and uh, i think um yeah i feel like extremely fortunate to be uh, to have been asked and i think a lot of people do like they forget that there is you know there's you know 30 years of work that sort of you know got me to this point i haven't just um you know stepped into the role been lucky enough to do it yeah you know um yeah it's uh it's hard but it also makes you like you know i'm you know when i get to speak to other coaches i I mean i look at other coaches and like other snc's and i'm I'm always trying to learn more because you know there's this there's heaps and heaps i don't know um and my role in the club is, is you know is it's 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 a small part of something extremely large um so yeah, you listen to like we got Craig um, as the assistant coach, who's he's heading to Cronulla next year to, yeah. to um, yeah, and he's again like uh, at the moment I'm in this 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 sort of great spot where I've almost I've got basically two head coaches that I can sit to and I and I'm not I'm not learning anything physical off them, um, but it, like the way they talk, the way they act, the way they think, you know, that that stuff is you know that's gold, uh, and I know people would die for that experience. Mm. Just to sit there. I mean, the office is great too. The first day or the first week I was in the office. Um, and, you know, you know, anything the same about football and the military, the banter in the office is the yeah. best thing. You know, it's <laughs> just everyone is taking the piss hard. Uh, you show just a little bit of weakness oh and man, it gets oh, jumped I'll on. I'll get fucking eaten yeah. alive in that place. Eh? <laughs> oh, it's, I'm it's the shittest so at banter. It's eh? so much fun. Yeah. It's, a, it's one of those crazy environments where I think it, it breeds. Obviously, it allows you not to take yourself too seriously. But at the same time, if you, like you said, show any bit of weakness, yeah, it, it, it's a good place to obviously develop some tough skin because I've seen some people get killed, yeah. just killed. And then you see them get hurt by you're like, oh, no, don't show any weakness. <laughs> now everyone's coming for you and you're going to be that guy that fucking everyone swarms on. Yeah. But no, it is, it's, it's, yeah. it is good fun. Well, we, and we've got, we've got a lot of good contractors in there as well. So we've got like Cooper Cronk. Oh, sweet. Um, Freddie Michelac is um, a French um, rugby union international, like a like a star. Um, actually, I fucked with him last week. Um, <laughs> so, the, yeah. So, yeah, like, you know, I'm, I drink a lot of coffee there. Um, and I asked, I was like, hey, hey, he wants a coffee. 
And Trav goes, I'll, I'll come down with you. We'll get one. And then I said, oh, Fred, do you want one? He goes, yeah, I'd love, yeah, I'd love one. I can't do a French accent, but just, um, <laughs> he said, yes, I would love one. <laughs> um, and I was like, yeah, what do you want? He goes, oh, I would like a, a skinny chai latte. And I said, no, um, you can have a long black or a strong flat white. That's all you can have. <laughs> He's like, no, I have a chai latte. I was like, no, I'm not fucking ordering that. Like, those words aren't coming out of my mouth. So <laughs> you pick long black, flat white, what do you want? He was like, oh, flat white. I was like, okay, good. And, <laughs> and then everyone jumped on him. They're like, you weak piece of shit. Like, He's got your mind changed. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's it's good. Like the, the, the I miss that so much. Yep. You know, like because um, you know in, in you know in the military we used to pick at people. We'd find a scab and just yep. pick at it, and to see like how long will it take them to break? Let's see <laughs> if we can make them snap. Tell us about this journey. Let's get into it because this is I don't know this is going to be interesting. Tell us about your military journey. Oh look, you know it was um, sort of happened semi by accident. Like I got out of school and I didn't enjoy school. Um, I just I wasn't that great at it. Um, I passed everything. Uh, I enjoyed uh, rugby, you know, and I probably would have left in year ten if it hadn't been for sport. Uh, I just didn't, uh, you know, the way they teach, and I've said this so many times. I just don't think it agrees with the way, like you know, we've. We've upgraded cars, planes, houses, electricities, phones, and yet, you know, 50 years ago, they're still sitting in a class staring at a board doing the same shit. I think the schooling system is fundamentally flawed and it doesn't teach people the right way. It did not teach me the right way. I felt like a dumb shit, like, the entire time. So I was like, all right, well, you know, I guess I should go and do some, like, extra study, you know, and try to find something to do at university. It was about eight, eight, ten months, and I realised that, Again, it was just, you know, it wasn't hard. I just I think I'd mastered the idea of like, I actually don't have to be smart here. I just have to know how to talk to that lecturer and that lecturer. That'll give me a distinction if I yeah. say this and write this. So it wasn't about learning or, or mastering anything. It was just about, you know, how do you communicate? So I really, um, you know, I didn't like it. I walked past the recruiting office one day and saw some pictures. There was like a, you know, a poster and posters were still on. Uh, and they had a TV in the window and it was like showing like tanks rolling over a hill and then people coming out of helicopters and I was like, oh, that, that looks pretty good. Yeah. You know, I was also not sure of who I was as a man. You know, I, I knew that I had to take my place somewhere you know, in society as a man, but I didn't know what that looked like. I hadn't experienced anything. Like my dad did a great job raising uh, raising us and – but you don't know. You've never been tested. And I always thought, like, hey, how do I know who I am if I've never been tested? So I thought maybe this is a good place to do it. Um, I was very, very scared of being a pussy. Um, <laughs> you know, so uh, I thought, like, well, I, you know, I'll, I'll try this out. And I went to the recruiter and he was like, oh, you love it. You like rugby. We play lots of rugby. This is yeah. really, really good. Um, and he goes, you can do all these jobs. And I was like, well, what does the job you know, with the helicopters and stuff. And he's like, oh, that's the infantry. Um, he goes, oh, they love rugby there, mate. You'll love that. Um, <laughs> just so we know, in 20 years I played two games. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he fucking lied. Um, <laughs> which I, turns out over the 20 years that was something they were really good at. Yeah, um, yeah so I, I got in and went to, like, uh, the recruit school, which was like, I never knew like some of the things I was called over that first 13 weeks, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's right. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, you know, like I never knew that my bed was that bad, badly made. Um, you know, but, you know, 
it was it was good. Like it just it tore you down to build you back up. Yeah. Um, and then from there, I did another three months of uh, you know basic infantry infantry training at Singleton. Um, which I looked, I think I come out of there looking like an abused child, just bu- bruises everywhere. Um, thought I was hard as fuck too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just yeah, um, just thought I was that tough. I'm like, there's probably nothing else that I can be taught at this point. Yeah. Um, and then uh, during just before, like two or three weeks before we finished, uh, they were saying, oh, the next unit to go overseas was going to be this unit in Darwin. I was like, well, I, I reckon I should go overseas. Um, and I think we were getting paid like twenty three grand at that point yeah. a year, yeah, not in a month. Um, <laughs> so you know, three or four hundred bucks a week. I thought I was a baller. Um, that was when dollar drinks were still on, and <laughs> and then one of my mates said like, "Hey, uh, if we go to this unit in Sydney, like uh, they're paratroopers, and you get to jump out of planes, but you get an extra twenty five dollars every time you jump." He's like, man, that could give us like an extra three grand a year. And I was like, ooh, that, that's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> let's go do that. Yeah, like I could, I could do with extra three k. Um, so that's what we did. Uh, we went to three um, uh, RAR, which is a, a parachute battalion, which is like just their insertion skill was jumping. Um, we went there, and it turns out that they were the next unit to go overseas, which was pretty lucky. So we were. I learned how to jump. Mind you, back then, like that unit was, it's the most violent unit i've ever been in my life <laughs> like there's yeah no one spoke to me for three months if they did i was referred to as something other than my name um you know why that unit in yeah, particular oh uh, they just it just had because because of like it, you know they were paras they had the, the beret um and you're ostracized from the rest of the army because um you're different as in like everything was like you had to do an entry test to just get into the unit to get onto the paracourse to jump um you know at that point we had um you know like sort of um free fall capability which no one else got we got a whole bunch of other stuff and um you know we just looked at anyone else who was afraid to jump um you know technical term where they were a big pussy so um that made us tougher um probably made us dumber as well side note i got into the army at six foot now i'm now five three um i think it compressed my spine um but that 25 bucks ooh, that was good um yeah so uh, it was just one of those things where it was and it was it was tougher like it just it just had lots of hard hard men i'm yep. not gonna say everyone was hard and smart um, but but predominantly it was just a bit tougher so our role then was like um point of um i guess like pathfinding um we would seize we're supposed to be seize airfields or seize point of entries for the rest of so we'd go in there two or three days before everyone else that was the point that like i like that idea and we got to wear a beret when everyone else had to wear something else so we used to call anyone who didn't have a maroon beret a crap hat, um, you know. So, and I'll tell you what: like when you first got to the unit without, uh, and you weren't para qualified, you weren't like no one would speak to you. They're just like you know you were a crap hat. Um, so until you got your beret, until you got your para wings, like you were just not you're worthless because you couldn't really help anyone. Um, and then when I was on continuation training, so I'd spent about six months in the unit and we were up doing some more jumps. And then uh, we, and by in that stage too, there was a, a commando unit called 4RAR, which then turned into two commando later on. But they were jumping with us and I thought, oh, these guys are pretty cool as well. Uh, they used to get to roll their sleeves up, um, even in winter, which was still fucking weird for yeah. me. But, um, you know, that's what happens. And... 
then we got all got all the guys from three got got called into a room. They're like, "Hey, you guys are being deployed soon. You're all going back to the unit." Um, and you know, I still remember some of the guys from four hour who were like, you know, the commandos or um, whatever. They were like, "Where are you guys going?" We're like, "Oh, we're going to see." They're like, "Oh, not before us. We're we will we'll definitely go." I still remember waving to those guys at the airport as well. <laughs> just, um, yeah, so we we got deployed to East Timor in '99. Uh, where I spent six and a half, seven months overseas. Wow. Um, yeah, that was like that's still the biggest learning um, curve I've ever had. Um, seeing how other people got to live, um, you know, lots of um, lots of experiences in that that first seven months. Came back, had um, six or so months, and the one thing you learn in the army is that you don't volunteer for shit. Um, you just or never put your hand up. Because earlier on, you know, someone asked me once, they were standing there with 30 or 40 people, and they're like, hey, who's the best swimmer here? We need the best swimmer. So, you know, I was I was still very keen, and I put my hand up, and they're like, sweet, you have to go down to the transport yard and wash a whole bunch of vehicles. Um, <laughs> I was like, fuck, you're right. So you just you learn after a yeah. while that if they ask for volunteers, you're like, this is going to be a shit job. Yeah. You know, they'd always make it sound cool, and then, you know, they'd be like, oh, who here wants to do a dive course? You're like, I do, cool. Well, you can go wash my car. You know? <laughs> um so they came out one morning, they were like, hey, we need 14 guys uh, who want to redeploy overseas for another six, seven months. And everyone's like, yeah, of course you do. Yeah, so no one put their hand up. And they're like, serious, we need 14 guys. And I was like, fuck, I'll just get it out of the way. Whatever, whatever shit job's coming, I'll put yeah. my hand up. And they're like, cool, come out here. Um, you've got a week off and then you're going to go straight to Darwin. You're going to deploy back overseas. And everyone was like, what? So everyone started shooting their hand up. Um, so yeah, so six, seven months later, I got to go back over again. Um, for my second trip um, and then I came home uh, had a bit of a break had about a year in between trips and I went over again um, so for the next 20 years it was like um, we just went back and forth back and forth uh, in oh, I don't know what oh three or oh four. that was like when um, you know the global war on terror started um, which is good business for us um, and that to, to me like I, I don't uh, politically I just didn't care. I just thought, like, if they're going to send me overseas, I'm going. You know, they like, could have sent me anywhere and I would have put my hand up. I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, so that, w- that was it was pretty much me for 20 years. Um, 2008 or 2009, maybe. Um, I'd, I'd been to Afghanistan uh, at that point a couple of times and then a, a chance come to go um, to, to go to SASR, which is our, our Tier 1 Special Forces Unit. Um, so I jumped at the chance to go there, spent a lot of time there. It was, it was selection and training um, and we had a high-performance cell, which is we were basically, you know, if we made um, seven operators in a year, we were breaking 20 at the back end um, just because the, the training's brutal and our the way we were, we were sort of making them fitter and faster and stronger wasn't wasn't smart. So we put together a high-performance cell, which we were lucky enough to do with um, oh, fuck everyone. So we, 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 we got to go to every performance place we could think of around the world and come back and formulate a template for, you know, what's wow. going to be good for, uh, for an operator, um, which is nice because in professional sport – what I've found, and this is, you know, only, only in the last two years I've found that people hide all their secrets, you know, or what they th- yeah. they think are secrets. So unfortunately, there's no secrets out there, you know, like physiology is not going to change too much, um, but people think they've got the secret source. Yeah. But when, you, when you're when you with a like a, an SF unit, 
you know, you can go to Cricket Australia, you can go to our, you can go to units, we, you know, NFL teams, and they're like, sweet, well, you're not a, you're not competition. We'd yep. love to help you out. Um, so that was really good. So I think in in a couple of years we we got this massive group of um, of good people, uh, a good program, and we like it did really well. So we took it um, to another unit, which is a two commando, and then the wider army picked it up as well. Uh, so I, I spent like a couple of years just in and around doing all that, um, and I th- like offer my programs and and my. Um, my articles, they launched this, like the soft app or special operations app. So there's there now that has programs and information um, for SF guys who want to do um, the job. And that's, I think that's still all my stuff. Um, and that's pretty much why I got out because I was like, these guys just launched an app off of all of my information. <laughs> <laughs> I did not get a single dollar for that. <laughs> wow. um, yeah. So, yeah, it was just. Yeah, you know, over the years, being involved in all that, it just um, I was just always surrounded by just top top people. Mm. Um, yeah, I was wondering whether you're going to bring this up, and this Sel and I explained this, uh, talked to each other about this this morning. But I'm pretty sure one of the first times we, well, I met you, and we were talking about your history, you were like, "Yeah, my role was just to make people harder to kill." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, then that's it. Yeah, that's sounds better coming out of your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's the point, isn't it? And, and I think, you know, the idea is like, you know, you, you want to make these guys, you know, like really fucking hard to kill. That's that's the point. Like I don't want it ever to be easy for anyone, you know. And it's the same with, I guess, you know, if we're honest, uh, I think everyone w- would like that. And, I, and I'm not talking about physically as well. I'm talking about, you know, well, yeah, if, you know, like, like if I get sick, I don't want a virus to be able to, to, yeah. to get me. Like, I want to be hard to kill. I want everyone, anything in the world, to have to, like, maybe reconsider what it's doing ag- against me. You know, that, that's, how I, that's how I picture. So I want to make them physically robust, mentally robust, emotionally robust. I want them to be like this, like, almost like a superhuman where, you know, someone will look at them and go, like, you know what, I'm going to go down the road and, and, and attack something else. Um and that's yeah. That I mean, to me, that's the always what, how I thought about the job. And it's the same, I guess, with the roosters. Like, like I said to the boys, I just want them. I want to make people like reconsider where they're going to run. Like, and that's how you shape the battlefield. Yep. You know, like every time they get tackled, they're like, okay, I'm not going to run against to Hargraves again. Yep. Or if he's there, I'm going to think about running the other way. So it's you know like shaping the battlefield, and then by shaping the battlefield, you get people to work into your plan. Um, how, how can how can people take some of those lessons and apply it to business or you know someone that's listening to this owns a you know an accounting firm mm. what, what what lessons can they take and I apply to their lives you got to sort of work back from where you want to be to where you are yeah you know um, you know if you if I always think about you know I have a, I have a six-year-old son um, who just started doing BJJ nice. as well, yeah. He fucking loves it. I'm so cool. I'm so happy. So good. Yeah. yeah, we watched Red Belt the other night together. <laughs> um, if anyone hasn't watched that, you got to go and watch that. Yeah. Um, yeah so uh, for me, like purpose is, is a huge thing. Um, so when I left the military, and I've told a lot of people this, like I suffered. Probably the hardest thing I've ever had to do was leave that. You know, twenty years um, had this tight community. And you do, you like, it's like getting out of prison, you know, I assume where you just, like, you don't know much about anything else. You know, I've just, I'd been in war fighting for 20 years. So from, like, the time I entered to the time I left, it was just about, like, you know, you know, 
hunt, kill, capture, do whatever we need to do, make ourselves physically robust so we can go and do our job. You know, like the role of, of the infantry and the, the role of like a soldier is to, to, you know, seek out and like destroy the enemy, kill the enemy. Um, it, it does not work well when you're speaking to normal people out here. Um, that was going to be my next question. Yeah. With, within that, I mean, society is what it is. There, there's... Yeah some really hard people like yourself and there's some really soft people. There's a lot of people in between. I've always been told I'm an extremist yeah. to to one end, which I'd rather be on the end of Same. being yeah. <laughs> being towards the maybe harder end where I don't really mind yeah. sitting sitting in that spot because I feel if if we keep going the way we're going that it's only going to bring more bad times. Yeah. Um, and so how how do you think we find a balance? Because I'm a realist as well yeah, yeah. In, in understanding that not everyone is going to be comfortable at waking up at 4.30 in the morning and going to get choked by some other people and thinking that's a good way to start the day. That's jiu-jitsu, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. Yeah. <laughs> we just had another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but... There has to be some median. There has to yeah. be somewhere where everyone can go, look, we don't need to be that extreme. But at the same time, we can't just wake up in our pyjamas at 10.30 in the morning and think it's fine to do nothing with our days and not yeah. try and help bring society forward in any format whatsoever. Yeah, it's funny too because to, to you and me, and you know, we're, we all understand that. Yeah. That's a foreign concept to so many people. Yeah. That's you know you might as well be speaking a different language. There'll be people out there going like, no, no, <laughs> I'm not doing that. And that's the problem is there is that we live in a soft society. I think I'm soft, and I'm, I'm always going to think that. I don't think I'm hard. I don't think I'm fit. I don't think I'm strong because if I get to a point where that's where I I am, then I'm 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 deciding that like I don't have to try anymore yeah. for the rest of my life. That I'm just like you know whether it's. Whether it's right or wrong, I just think that I, there's always more I can do. Yep. I hate age being a number. I hate gender being some sort of thing that's that's important. I think that's complete bullshit because in my experience, like, fuck, you know, a virus doesn't give a shit about yep. black, white, male, female, you know, young, old, doesn't care. An attacker doesn't care. Like, no one cares. You're the only one that seems to, like, want to assign a number to these sort yep. of things. Um but it be, it's more than just like, you know, getting up at 4.30. I fucking hate it. But why do I hate it? Well, because it's hard, you know, like, and I, I want to be able to thrive in chaos. And I don't think chaos or stress is a bad thing. I really think it's a, it's a great thing. Like if you, when you train and, and exercise and, and fight, and listen, you put yourself in a stressful position and, you know, your muscles grow when they're broken and stressed. And, and again, so your brain does the same thing. Mentally, emotionally, the same thing happens. I turn it around and I think, like, how can I be of service to someone else? Mm-hmm. So for me, the biggest thing is, is like, serving something bigger than myself. I'm, I'm, I don't want to be selfish. I don't want to do this for me. I want to do it for someone else. I want to be the reason my son later on looks back and says, like, oh, like, I'm this type of man because of my dad. I mean, that, that to me would be, you yeah. know, the fact that he has nice manners is near almost good enough for me. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. a really interesting point and I could, was just thinking about, you know, some situations that I've been in recently where it is about that, where sometimes like on the mat and jujitsu, if we're using that as an example, I'm so injured mm. that, you know, I'm 
taping all my fingers, taping my ankles and things like that. And I know for sure that 99% of people on the mat would not be training right now if they felt what I felt. Yeah. And then, you know, the last jujitsu comp I did, I was absolutely fucked. Like my whole body was so wrecked. But And everyone was saying, don't do it. But I wanted to do it, not for me, just yeah. to show everyone yeah. that it shouldn't stop you. Yeah. But then I was also listening to what you were saying before about um, especially in the military where you guys were doing things, but it wasn't smart, mm. but you felt like you were becoming harder for it. Yeah, yeah. Where, like so many times Sel and I do shit and people are like, you guys are too extreme. You're doing shit yeah. too, it's too much, too much. But then- Yeah, you just find different people to hang out with. <laughs> I guess that, you know, that's yeah. why our circle is pretty small, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. But- um, they don't like it because it's a reflection of themselves. I yep. think that's all I've, I've always found. People, if people relate to what you're doing, they're like they're on the same path. Yep. Someone who doesn't like it and really thinks it's like they have a need to tell you how much they don't like it. Yep. Usually, not about you. It's about them. Yep. Like it's a, it's something they don't like that they're seeing, and they're like, Fuck, "That's definitely, you know, I couldn't yep. do that, and I wouldn't do that. So how do I make myself feel better?" Well, I'll downplay what that is. Yeah. Um, there, ha- there has to be these different types of people in the world to yeah. make the world work. There like does, and there always has been. But I, I think we're really going. We're we're trying to find ways to make comfort, a r- like I comfort agree. for everyone. It's it, it's a it's a real problem. And you feel like we're we're going too far. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I'm. I've talked to you about this. I'm petrified about it, mainly for my kids. Yeah. I'm petrified about it because I'll go to work from five till call it six and I'll get back and I'll see my son the eldest one and there's days where I can see he's had a good day because he's had some uncomfortable situations be it a Monday and a Wednesday jiu-jitsu be it a Thursday at swimming or whatever and there's days I'm like oh shit like what's happened here like it could be he'll go to after school care he's fallen over and hurt himself basic fall nothing nothing serious and He'll get coddled and told this and get told that and said, you may have a severe concussion and there's this. And I'm like, but he's a kid. Like he's just a kid that was playing with his friends and he fell over. So he will get a thing put in his head that maybe I shouldn't play with my friends and do certain things because what if I have that concussion and I've heard about this CTE now and that could lead to me being like this. And you're like, fuck. I didn't know about fucking concussions until I was probably had one. Yeah. Oh man, exactly. And every every I'm, I'm, kid should have a concussion. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not saying that I'm not a proponent of saying no. you should go and get yep. hurt in any way, but I'm also a proponent in saying if you don't learn what happens when you get hurt and survival mechanisms, just general things, well then you're gonna actually end up being that person that gets taken advantage of at some at some other point, which is yeah. I never want particularly my kids to feel vulnerable in any situation, but that's what will happen. Mm. Like you'll just keep going down this path of being weakened and softened and weakened and softened till the point you're eventually going to be left to your own devices and then what? Mm. And um, it, it, it does become a bit of a scary situation. That's where I feel I would rather be on that other side. Is, is it about knowing who you are as a person? Because I know that there's a lot of people out there who – say for example, you know, see all of us within our circles and, you know, we're trying to preach this savage thing and just be a bit harder and all this sort of stuff, or even just within our actions, not not specifically from our words. And they feel like they need to do the same thing, but they don't and they feel guilty about themselves, but they're not actually that type of person to begin with. 
I thought, what, 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 what? I don't feel bad for anyone that feels guilty. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but I, I think too, like... Well, should everyone just well, want to be... But it, yeah, but, but like you should... I think everyone... I want everyone to want to be better. That's it. Within themselves, yeah. yeah. And, you know, a feeling of guilt, well, that's, that's not on you or me. That's on them. You know? And so honestly, got, it's not that bad of a thing. I feel guilty mm. about a lot of shit and it actually drives me yeah. a lot of times where I'd be like, fuck, I didn't do that well. Like, I, I feel guilty that I didn't put in enough for whatever it may be. And it makes me do better the next time. Like, yep. guilt yeah. is always not a bad thing. Fear is not always a bad thing. It's like, people, I think, try to hide yeah. behind these feelings where if they embrace it and say, why do I feel guilty? Well, if I feel guilty because I was being half a pussy. Yeah. So, maybe... We like to wash it away really yeah. quick. We're like, oh, I felt bad. How like... Let me find something on Instagram, as a, you know, to find like oh, that's why. You know, <laughs> yeah. Like, like you know, I, you know, I don't feel good about myself today. Like, oh, I must have this. This. Like, you're allowed to have shitty days. You're allowed to have not be the best version of yourself in a day. Analyze it. Sit in it too. Like, um, you know, you should be able to sit in the suffering. And it's not like you know when I when I talk about suffering, it's like your own internal like I wasn't good enough today. Yeah. And you should dwell on that and, and not forgive yourself straight away. Yep. It's then a bit like, oh, it's not going not to happen again. That's okay. You know, um, losing, you know, if you lose, I hate when people get over it too quick. You know, I, I really, I want you to sit there and yeah. think like, fuck, how did this happen? Do I not prepare well enough? And if you prepared really, really well, I mean, it's, it's hard, isn't it? When you've yeah. given everything you can yeah. and then it's the decisions taken out of your hands and then, or you've come up against someone who's better. Yep. And they win. Like that's the best lesson in the world. Yep. Um, and then you know that makes you better. Like I think you know being combative uh, in in a good way allows you to really respect the rest of humanity. You know, it gives you an idea of like you know when you're fighting, when you're doing jujitsu, you're looking at these people and you're looking at this guy and you're like, fuck, he's smaller than me. You know, he's got these big cauliflower ears. That means he is probably going to wrap me up. <laughs> um, but you do like this self-analysis of like, you know, I don't want to be in this spot. You know, or some people just like, okay, I don't want to be in this spot, so I'll just never do, I'll never roll ever again because that'll take me out of this position, which is great. But that's giving up. Like, you don't have to be the best. That's something I, 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 know, I worry about, like, how I message my son. Like, I'm always, instead of saying, you know, did you come first? Did you come second? Where'd yeah. you come? I'm always like, hey, did you try really, really hard? Yeah, yeah that's all I care about. You know, but I didn't win. I'm like, you tried. Yeah. That kid's bigger, and then one day you'll be bigger, and that's okay. Yeah. Like, try. Just try. Um, but I, I think there's enough of softness in this world to, like, I just don't even worry about it. I'm like, that's not mine to worry about because these people seem to be multiplying. Um, so I'm going to spend my time like cultivating like hard people, yeah. you know, and, and I, I do, like, I, I, I stress about the softness, yeah. you know, probably more so than I need to, mm. but then I worry about no one else does. Yeah. It's hard <laughs> not to, to be honest. Yeah. It, it really is. It really is hard not to. It's probably one of my biggest, con- biggest issues in life in general. Yeah. Uh, That's what man, we talk about the most. Without, without a doubt. And I think um, oh, I'm coming to the Gold Coast. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a. We're in a weird situation where we have like a few multiple businesses, so mm. we can go from where we are right now talking about infant formula to mums yeah. that are pushing around a pram, going, "Oh, look at the cute koala and type of thing," to then going walking straight from there into a place where you just get head kicked and yeah. wake up going looking at the stars, going, "Shit." What, what happened there, but I feel 
that the fabric that keeps all of them together is the aspect that everyone we try to bring into whatever business it may be, whether it be Ben, who was also in the military, that's our business partner in Sprout, Nadia, our business manager. She's the most savage person mm. probably out of the lot of us. Yeah. She's 45 kilos, blonde. You yeah. wouldn't think it, but her, it, her savageness just goes in a different way. Mm. It's, yeah. it's in the... F- it's in her fight to never, ever stop trying to deliver her beliefs, her messages to a broad range of people. She's been doing that since she's five years old. Yeah. That, that's another type of savage. That So I don't think we ever promote it in the aspect of saying you need to be this in jiu-jitsu or yeah. this in MMA or this in fighting. It's just the aspect of never stop giving your best in whatever it is you're doing in life. That's That's all we're trying to get across. Yeah. So uh, Fitzy Earl, our assistant coach, um, he likes to refer to himself as the softest bloke in the room. He, yeah. He's always like, man, you're so lucky I never joined the army. He's like, I would cower and run. <laughs> he's like, so happy to say that, you know. But he says it in, in, the, like a, in a way like, no, he, he's, he, fuck, he's hard. He, yeah. he, he trains every day, does uh, you know, BJJ every single day, you know. But he has this like way of messaging himself always. Like he's... You know, he's like, no, I'm soft, I'm soft, I'm soft, I'm soft. But he's not. He's up. He trains every day. But that's the way. Yeah, you know, and he's a really nice guy. He's you know, downplays everything. For those um, that don't know, it's Craig Fitzgibbon. Oh yeah, he's yep. like one, one of, of my all-time favorite rugby league players. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It was because I was a second rower. He was a second rower. He kicked field goals. He's I was, so, so hard. Yeah. He man, he was a weapon. Yeah, like yeah. An absolute weapon. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's funny, and we and we talk it to the boys about. Like a warrior mindset, you know. We talk about um, you know spill blood in the morning and hold your baby in the afternoon. You should be able to do both things. Like a, like there's you know, I, I always hated this like this idea of like every guy or every girl that's ever served now is like got PTSD or something. Mm. There's something wrong with you mm-hmm. for wanting to like see combat, feel combat, and, and get involved in it. Like we've been doing this for thousands of years, um, you know, and. For a while there, we, um, you know, they're like, oh, you have post-traumatic stress, you have post-traumatic stress. And we ended up terming it, we're like, no, I've got post-traumatic growth. Um, that's what I've got. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, and it always did. You know, I, I just, I, for, if it, you know, and my mum was this, like, she used to be like, you know, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? What did yeah. you see? And we're like, Am I, is it weird that, like, I feel okay? You know? <laughs> but we, 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 yeah, we termed it post-traumatic growth because... Yeah. You can either decide to be sitting in a space and you can be in that moment forever, which I think is, you know, some people get stuck there because they think this has happened, uh, then, I, I, you know, I've got to be here forever. Where for me, I'm like, like it's, it's great. Like in my first deployment, I saw mass graves. I saw like dead bodies. I saw like I did CPR three times, um, like on people who, who were injured and like all, you know, dying. It didn't work once. Yeah, it's not like Baywatch. Yeah. Um, I did a little bit of baby, which tell you at 19, 20 years old, you should not ever have to do. <laughs> like, I that was not good for me. Um, yeah. You know, I had all these things and I didn't know where to place them all when I came back. Um, and I was, I was like, I, was, I don't know if I was anxious, but I was like confused as to where it all sat and then yeah. like an older guy in the unit said to me he was like hey mate you just got given the best gift in the world yeah. you know you've got like you've got all the experiences you're like you're 19 20 years old and you can choose 
right now how this affects you. It can like take you to like a new place completely or you can stay here in this moment forever and dwell on the shit that you can't change. Yep. But he, he said to me, he's like, none of this is on you. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this isn't it's like none of this is, belongs to you. This belongs to other, someone else. Like, don't take something on that's not yours. Interesting. You know? was, um, that, was that a pivotal moment for you? And was huge, that, yeah. Was that yeah. a mental thing that you needed to hear at that time that allowed you to sort of yeah, leave see, the military and be successful and healthy? I, I and always, I had this, like, whenever I went overseas from then on, I did, I did this thing. I used to do it coming home from work as well. Um, I used to, like... You know, I'd come home from work and, we, you know, we'd be, like, shooting all day and doing stuff all day and, like, trying to, like, you know, just what are the, what are the different ways we can do to, like, you know, dispatch the enemy. Um, and then I'd walk in home and I used to, like, you know, like, physically, not physically, I can't do that, but, like, emotionally take everything out of my brain and, and there used to be, like, a little pot plant beside the, the door and I'd be like, hey, I'm going to, I'll leave this here and I'll pick it up when I leave. Um, I'd go in the house and just be... Hey, this is home time. Yep. Used to do it um, coming, leaving deployments. Like I always make sure I got a window seat when we used to fly out of there, and I used to look down at the ground and be like, "Right, I'm going to leave whatever happened here here, and I'll pick it up when I come back." Oh, yep. that's so that's important. It. I feel um, is that is that something that's taught to the young guys going into the military, um, or is that it is and it isn't? Like I think we. I mean, look, we're not good at speaking about stuff. I'm, I'm the first to admit that um, because. I always thought, like, I don't want to burden anyone else with anything that's going on in my head, um, so I'll try and figure it out myself. And I think a lot of blokes will exactly the same, or they perceive it as weakness. Um, but, you know, if you don't know how to figure it out yourself, you need to go and, like, find someone that knows how to figure it out for you. Yeah. Um, we're a lot better at it now than we used to. Um, but for me, that was just one of those things where like, I attached myself to, like, what's my role? My role is to be the best teammate I can be. So am I, am I going to be effective if I can't handle my own shit? No. So fucking handle it, you know, and find a way to handle it. It's on you to figure the best way to become the best effective person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that purpose allowed me to go and search stuff out. So it wasn't a selfish thing. It wasn't like, I never thought like, oh, woe is me. This is really bad. Like you go overseas and you see where people live, you come back here and whatever you have to deal with here, it's, it's fuck, it's nothing. You know, like, uh, like I, my my family never got bombed by an accidental like you know five hundred pound bomb and then somebody didn't call it collateral damage, um you know how uh, do you how do you suppose similar aspects I'm I was born here yeah I know what my parents went through they yeah. they lived in Africa I was fortunate enough to go to Africa and see that firsthand so it became very real but how do you we say this and everyone's like you should be grateful you should live a gratitude you should mm. live life with gratitude. It's easier for people like us to do that who have seen the other yeah. side. But for the people that haven't seen the other side, how do you think you can impart that? Because words are one thing. True. You've got to experience you it. You've got to experience yeah. it. Don't be a dick and go to fucking Bali and Byron Bay for your holidays. You know, like, <laughs> go and immerse yourself in another culture, proper culture, a culture that doesn't speak English. And then don't be one of these, like, Western wankers mm. <laughs> like oh, I'm going to go to the US for my holiday where they speak lots of fucking English yeah. like go and find something different like honestly then there's people that live a certain way that I'm jealous of like you go to Papua New Guinea which is a beautiful harsh savage country yeah. like fuck that's tough living yeah. there and you go in the mountains and you were jealous you know they're beautiful people beautiful country and yet they are ravaged with like violence 24-7 yeah. Yeah. Um, and Papua New Guinea is one of the, the, the 
the best place I've ever been and the scariest place I've ever been. Yeah, um, can attest to that. Yeah. I can, I've been there too. Yeah. yeah, you've been there. I lived there for five years. It's... Mate. Yeah. Yeah. It's brutal. It's, yeah. it's Isn't it? What part of uh, Papua New Guinea were you Oh, we went, we went to a couple of different places. Um, but, like, I've never felt like, you know, out of every country I've ever been to... Just the fact that like violence is simmering, yeah, always. It it's just, it's just right You're driving down the street, you can feel the, fuck, the energy, man, yeah, it's, the tension. It, yeah, the, it's like a boiling, a boiling pot. And there's, it's just a different. There's two different types of violence I find there. Where there's obviously in the, in the highlands, in the mountains, where it's just like, it, it's like back to primitive war, yeah. where it's another thing. But then there's also if you're in Lay or Mosby, just the aspect of a guy running around with like literally a cane knife yeah. like just yep. like ready ready to pop off at any stage which yeah. is yeah it definitely has that, that yeah. level of tension but that gives you like you know you go up in the mountains and you see like a guy cutting the grass with a machete yeah. he's, he's cut this whole lawn with a machete yeah. and he's sitting there with these kids are playing and they're like they haven't got much they don't want yeah. much they're, they're like they're happy to see you because yeah. they like it's just about like sitting down and yep. sharing stuff. They, you know, oh, you know, I could, I, I, I love that. You know, like I really, really enjoy that. And if you can't go out and do something like that, put a pack on your back and go for a walk with your mates where you are self sufficient and yep. find out like, fuck, this is hard. You know, it's a great way to do it. Um, do you think it's hard for the military to cr- recruit people these days? Is it becoming yeah. harder? Yeah, I mean, the gene pool is fucking lessened, hasn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah. You know, and not through any fault, you know, I guess of the individuals growing up now, but like you're exposed to what you're exposed to. Now, there are always going to be outliers and I've just held back saying these words for many, many years, but like it's generational and it's generational because they're being exposed. Like I couldn't have like fathomed a world where like, like social media, you know, like the hardest thing for me was trying to navigate a fucking MySpace page when I was like, you know, 23, which I still don't think I nailed. Um, you know, I never had to worry about it. I was playing with toys, I reckon, until I was 13, you know. And then I like, you know, found girls and I was like, okay, this is a lifelong pursuit, um, <laughs> which I suck at. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you never had those, those impacts were never there. I come from a family which, like, mum and dad are still together, still married. My dad was, like, a, is, like, m- the epitome of what I think a man should be. Yep. My mum is, is great, like, um, and I just I had solid values, but I didn't have any of the other stresses. I wasn't aware about anything else. Like, you watch the news and you're like, oh, what happened there? You never get to relive it. Like, it's not YouTube where you get to yeah. watch this shit again and again. There's not messaging flying at you. No, like, I watch my son on an iPad at six and think like how did you do that like what are you doing yeah. you're like they're learning at school like he, the other like he's doing he's reading you know in kindy he's doing like times tables he's doing all this sort of stuff in kindy yeah i was licking glue till i was <laughs> six you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah i had like you know we were talking to someone last night about the the internet you remember it was like phone um uh, you know, you like it, you'd have to use your phone yeah. line for the internet. It'd be yeah. like, yeah. someone would call halfway through. You're downloading something, yeah. cut yeah. it off. Yeah. yeah, isn't it funny that the things like right now, for example, 
I still remember like my friend's phone numbers because yeah. there was there was Holly no asked, Holly asked me if I remembered her number. Yeah, the other day. There, yeah, there was no way else. Like I remember yeah. this is insane, but I remember my best friend in Papua New Guinea's phone number because the only way to contact him was to run home from the <laughs> campus, know that he was at home and go 0749556811. And that was, I only remember the buttons now, but before that I was doing the whole put yeah. your finger on it, oh. run that, run that and bring it back. That was... How nuts were those phones? And if you like you circle one of them and you fucked it and you're like, hang up. Start again. It was like a proper process. Yeah. It's it's just amazing that our the future generations will know nothing about that. Imagine I, imagine yeah. not I mean, our generation I think was lucky because we we, we sat in the middle of these things, yeah. you know, we got to like experience a world without all yeah. of it and then in the last decade it's fast forwarded so oh, fast. Yeah. You know. Um which you know, and I think that's just changed the way we interact with each other. Like everyone yeah. is like everyone has a voice, good or bad. You know, yeah. and you should always have a voice, but I don't know if it needs to be projected on a platform that everyone needs to see. Yeah. I mean, like, we, we look at the, the the footy boys. You know, they have a bad game. Fuck, like, a lot of the guys just turn turn their Instagram and stuff yeah. off because they just get hammered for it. Yeah. Whereas beforehand, someone would hate the game, they'd yell at the radio, yell at the TV, no one else would hear. Now, you've got these idiots that are, like, are threatening to kill people because they didn't play a good game. Yeah. Mm. You know, like BMOs and JMOs. <laughs> they ruined yeah. someone's multi a few weeks ago and like <laughs> this guy was sending hate messages to them like I'm no going to fucking be waiting at the bus for you I'm going to kill you you know um, wow. I was quietly hoping that guy was waiting but he didn't <laughs> turn up um, but you know that never happened no, now, no. you wouldn't know if someone didn't like what you were saying because you know if they had the balls to say it to your face yep. you would have it out yeah. now like you know there's fake accounts and everyone can say shit yeah. and like you know, it, it's. I think it's it, it's harrowing. Like I'd love to go and move to a farm and be self sufficient. So I've talked, so talked, talked about, about this. Yeah. I, I was talking about it exactly last night, where everyone's like, "Oh, if this keeps going, like, what do you think you'll do with this?" I'm like, "Just keep moving further and further away from society. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> bit by bit, you'll just find me just slowly." I just keep saying to Miles, "I'm like." Every time yeah, something new happens, about, I get worried about it. Yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> just keep moving west. Yeah. Let's go. There's less people that way. Yeah, the more you go to the east, there's more people that are populated there. So I think yeah. we'll circle around, but it's gonna we're gonna hit this critical mass where we go like, how do we get this far? Something has have to have to happen, but we have this like the the soft majority have a voice and make everyone else feel bad about yeah. having you know, yeah. like you've got. You know, people get in trouble for like, hey, everyone can choose their own body and, and like have like you know, body image issues. Whereas I think people certainly do. There's this forceful idea of like what's important. And that's why at 98 and, and like I'd never, ever, ever talk about aesthetics. Mm -hmm. And I, because I think performance matters. That's it. Like yep. if you train hard, eat well, like performance will happen. Yep. If you perform well, it gives a shit what your body looks like. Like, like we don't care we don't weigh anyone we don't do any 10 week challenges we don't do any of that sort of shit because it's not something that's sustainable and we never put a focus on what your body looks like we're like you want to lift more this is how you do it you want to row faster this is how you do it like it's got nothing your body composition will change and also some people hold you know their limbs are put together differently like 
you know, the, the years ago, there were all these chicks were talking about thigh gap. Yeah. Like, unfortunately, you don't get one if your hips aren't big. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if you've got like, no dude ever had thigh gap, you know, yeah. just our hips are like close together. <laughs> talk, talk to us from, from that aspect because that was probably the thing I liked about 98 the most that I would see an accountant walk in there. I would see yeah. just all types of walks of life step into a great looking facility, let's be honest, but leave leave the bullshit that they probably had to deal with yeah. um to the side they may have been getting smashed by a boss they may be the boss that was just like that was a fucking terrible day i lost staff yeah. whatever it may be there were a lot of high performing people there but they were able to come there to really leave the bullshit leave yeah. the bullshit behind which is something i think everyone needs some type of outlet where you can go and you're going to have a lot of shit piling you through the day but yeah. find somewhere where you can leave that at least for an hour to the side to get what you need from it. Yeah, we become part of a team. Like that's you walk in there and the idea is that you're you're part of this bigger collective of individuals that don't care about like so that's why, you know, we somehow it just happened that everyone wears black in the gym. <laughs> like it's it's so weird. Yeah. Like we always laugh about it. Um, but people turn up and they're wearing pink or yellow and we're, we're like, oh no, this is gonna last. Yeah. You know, people always talk about like, oh, I've had to go and buy a whole new wardrobe to go and train in. Yeah. But it's 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 a uniform not being a uniform in the same way because we're like everyone's the same. Yeah. You know, like hey, this is like no one gives a shit what car you drive. We don't care about anything else. Be like, we're gonna celebrate the guy or the girl who put in the biggest amount of work. Yeah. And we will celebrate that. You know, like I'll make a point and I I'm into the guys all the time because physically, genetically, we are like a little bit more gifted with hormones so if a girl out squats a guy i'm like you should be fucking ashamed of yourself (laughs) like go and train harder you know and i'll celebrate that sort of stuff because i want to put pressure on people to perform like a really good friend of mine monica and she was the first female to attempt um sasr selection she was my boss for a while she's she's just awesome she's 63 kilos ring and wet i remember on selection um guys were like you know pulling out and like you know dropping um you know drawing on own requests and she was linked him she's like you fucking piece of shit what i wouldn't give to have another fucking 25 kilos of muscle if you pull out for before me you're a fucking piece of shit like you're disgusting <laughs> like you know and the boys are like holy shit and I'm like, she's right like she's doing that amount of work with so much less than you yeah. and she was used to say she's like i fucking hate them for leaving like i just yeah. want that fucking 25 kilos of muscle um you know, because it's all about like just wanting to perform. Yeah. So you, you know, like, and it's and it's a mental release. You know, like yep. you, you know, you, it's well researched fact that like what happens to your brain, your body when you exercise. The only good things happen. Yeah. You know, you're in the moment and you just you you're able to formulate better ideas. You feel better about yourself. You get serotonin, dopamine, all these yep. things get released. You make better decisions. You know, when you're physically capable, you also have you know, more energy. So you have a shit day, you go and do that, something, you know, you, you walk out of there better than you walked in. Yeah. And that's the point, you know. Um, we've had guys that have come in, like, overweight, and girls that come in overweight. Never, You don't say anything about that. They're like, well, we want to lose weight. They're like, yeah, well, that, that'll happen. Like, come and train hard, and, um, you know, if you want to learn how to fuel your body better, then, you know, we'll let you know. But mm-hmm. when you're ready to ask, ask. Um, you know, I, when people talk about performance, I just I ask like, hey, how's your sleep and how's your food? 
I'm like, well, if you don't know, you don't know. So you need to go find out. Go track your sleep. Go track your food. When you want to know more, come come and ask. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always found that, uh, like, I've been very forward with trying to give people help, and I now know that if they, if when they're ready for it, they'll ask. I don't offer my help anymore. Um, actually, Harriet, our, our dietitian, taught me that. She said, like, people aren't ready until they ask. Yeah. Yep. You know, so everything is there, and I and I I will bend over backwards for anyone who wants wants help. Um, but the focus is on like your best performance. That's it. That's why we test every four months in, in the gym, you know, because I want to pe- people to know where they are. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't test, you don't know where you are. And it's not about testing yourself against anyone else. If you want to, that's great. If you want the biggest squat in the gym or you want the, the fastest time trial, that's awesome. What's going to happen through that pursuit of that goal is that your brain, your body will change and you're chasing performance. At no point do we like, hey, who's the skinniest? Yeah. Like, you know, who lost the most weight? Who gives a shit? Like, put weight on, I reckon. You know, um, and I, it, the only way I would ask people like how they feel physically in terms of food, I'm like how do your clothes fit? Do you feel good in your clothes? Good, that's all that matters. You know? Kev, if you could leave a message or a legacy that the next generations had to listen to or follow... What would it be? Yeah, so I, I really want to impact and I really want men, young men, to stand up and do their fucking job, you know. Um, not being a woman, I can't speak on a woman's behalf. I would never be that arrogant to say yeah. I would do that. Um, but I want men to stand up and be men. I want men to to lead. And by leading, I want them to, to be good men. You know, I want them to support their female counterparts. I want them... To, to show, you know, like their sons, their brothers, their mates, like how to be good men, you know, like what does that look like, you know, well, be well-read, you know, be physically robust so you can take care of your own and when you can take care of your own, maybe you can start to impact others outside of that circle a little bit more, you know, make sure your sister knows her value, make sure your mum realises that she, she's well-respected, make sure your girlfriend, you know, your wife, whoever you know, your best friend, make sure that they know they can count on you. And then I just think through that that example, it'll just start to like to leak everywhere else. That's what I think is important. I think it's it's about, you know, being the best version of yourself. So I think about like I have an antagonist in my head and I have this like invented this person. Um, so a friend of mine, um, uh, Aussie Mike, um, he asked me like last year, he's like, hey, who are you fighting against? And I was like, fuck everyone. Um <laughs> But I invent people to fight against. Like this, I really liked when Jordan said exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. What I was thinking because I was like in my head, I'm like, fuck. I've got this picture of this guy who I want to be, who I'm fighting against, and like he's so far out of my leg that I'm like, hopefully I never reach it. But he's the person that every single day that I get up, I'm like, am I like that guy? Am I like that guy? You know, like that's what I do. Um, and along the way, you just, you know, you be, you become. You know, a better version. And that's, I think that's all you can ask for. I think people got to ask hard questions of themselves. Like, I don't want to be comfortable. I want to be able to, you know, I want to live a comfortable life, but I don't want to be comfortable. I don't want to wake up and, and you know, not push myself. I think that's really important to get uncomfortable once in your day. You know, do something that you're not super pumped about. Whether that's like answering an email, you know, like I'm, fuck, I'm shocking at that. Like, picking up the phone, someone rings or, you know, it's an unknown number or do the work you need to do. Don't sit down on your ass before all your work's done. Um, yeah, that's uncomfortable as well. 
uh, eat better food, not because you think it's going to make you look better, it's because you'll, you'll make better decisions. You'll live longer. You won't be a burden on our medical team. You won't have to, you know, sit there and get, you know, type 2 diabetes because you, like, you eat like a prick. And then yeah. it's you know, th- those type of things. All these metabolic diseases that if you just focused on, like, how to become a little bit better every day, wouldn't happen. Right? Let's, you know, don't just whinge for the sake of whinging don't just like you know like oh this is like who i am this is what i do bullshit like there's too many people out there that, that have shown that that's not the case yeah. you know I, fuck, I don't want people to be a burden on our society you know um if we could just go back to the movie 300 that would be good <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so what's that great. the other day yeah, yeah it's fucking great but you know that's that, that's that's it like you know imagine if we all looked at ourselves like that Instead of focusing and worrying about what everyone else is fucking doing, yeah. you know, like how do I, how do I whinge louder on Instagram about something I can't ever affect in another country that doesn't even fucking concern me? Like, no, uh, you spend thirty minutes formulating you know, one of the the best retorts you can do on Instagram as opposed to like go and have a fucking run, yeah. like go and have a walk, you know? Um, yeah, it, uh, yeah. Hundred percent. Fucking rant all day on this. Be dangerous, <laughs> bro. We would love to hear your rants all day. <laughs> Um, it's been such a pleasure, man. We've yeah. got to um, race over to this Naturally Good Expo and go and talk about baby formula now after just getting <laughs> charged up. <laughs> <Great. laughs> so It'll be an interesting com- convention. <laughs> Throwing cares at people yeah. all pumped up. But yeah. no, man, really appreciate you taking the time. I know it's a Sunday morning. only got back from beating the Raiders at about 2 a.m. So... I didn't no. do that. The boys did that. Yeah, just, but yeah. you you played a small part in it. And that's what Very teamwork small. is. So appreciate hey, it, man. Uh, like I love what you guys do um, with the combat nutrition stuff. Thanks, big man. fan yeah. of that. Like, um, yeah, I think that's super important. I love how much you support the community. Um, I love what I see coming out. Um, I think that's super important. I think you have this like global reach. You know, it's 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 epic. So, um, like. To me, though, that means well. To be like associated with with you guys, that's you know that's more than enough for me. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We feel Appreciate the same way, it, bro. Thanks so much. How, man. how can people find out about you, about the app, about all these sorts of things? So the app is uh, ninety eight training. Uh, you can find that it's on um, uh, the Apple and the Android. other place. Android. Android. <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, thank you, Apple. Um, <laughs> We got a podcast as well where I'll I'll interview people that that, um, that I find interesting, uh, and that's it. There's no rhyme or reason to it. Um, I just like if I find someone I want to speak to, I will. Yep. Um, and the uh, for my mine is uh, Strength Elite, and that's on Instagram. So if you want to like follow along or just you know. After listening to this, I can send me hate messages. That's fine. I'm, I'm down with that. <laughs> we'll say well worth a follow to realize fucking any time that I'm like, should I still be doing weights? Because I've backed off the weights a bit. I go onto your Instagram and they see you with some, it's always chains. I always see chains everywhere. I was like, fuck, I'm going to get me some chains. Just, I actually got some. They sound better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it makes me look more. <laughs> um, yeah, this thing at the moment where we do Max Out Friday. Like, I don't yeah. know how it started, but it was me, Travis, and um, Pat, another guy I work with. Yeah. And we've just gone like every Friday. It doesn't make sense because yeah. at the end of the week we're hammered. Yeah. But we max out. Um, and we maxed out on Friday. I had to have a yeah. nap on Friday <laughs> afternoon. I was so fucking tired. Um, yeah. 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 I'm, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. If anyone wants to reach out, go for it. Um, yeah. And that's uh, my social media rant. Thanks, Kev. Thanks, brother. Yeah. Welcome. Appreciate Thank it. You, fellas.